0: rest of you if you are new here my name is Jason I'm one of the ministers I'm the co-minister here at Oceanside Sanctuary and this is uh, something that we are starting to call Community Dialogue Sunday we have been regularly disrupting our typical sort of preaching or teaching approach for opportunities for us to really engage together around the topics that we've been learning about and discussing so this week i'm going to try my very best not to preach to you although i will probably find small opportunities to preach Um, but today instead we are going to be talking about what we've been learning about in the series and so just as a reminder or for those of you who are new we have spent the whole summer going through a series called The Art of Community. We've talked about what it looks like to build community and what sort of patterns we can find in Scripture that teach us what good, healthy community looks like. We've looked at uh, Acts chapter 2 for the month of June. In the month of July, we looked at Romans chapter 12. And then for the whole month of August, we have looked at 1 Corinthians 12 and 13. And last week, I read to you a portion from 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verses 8 through 12 where paul says something that i thought was fairly provocative he says that everything that we do in a religious space our beliefs and our practices may one day come to an end but that love will never end and what i said to you last week was that was not paul giving us some romantic notion of like romantic love that you know never ends when we find like the right person in our lives although I certainly hope that's true, Uh, but really what Paul's saying is that love is the end of our religious practices, that it is the purpose for which we gather. I've been thinking a lot about what Paul said here because he compares it to growing up. He says, when I was a child, I thought like a child, I spoke like a child, I reasoned like a child, but when I became an adult, I put away childish things. Uh, and I've been thinking about this a lot because my oldest daughter, some of you know, is due at the end of October to deliver our first grandchild. Yes, it's our grandchild, not her child.
1: <laughs>
0: and that has, of course, triggered an existential crisis for me to think of myself as a grandfather. But we're very excited. This is the child, our oldest, Savannah, is her name. This is our child, she's 29. Uh, this is the child who, when she was young, she began to like exhibit those developmental signs that you look for, you know, like she started to like, roll over at a certain time that's like something you look for with like you know a young baby like when do they first learn to roll over and then at some point they begin to like push themselves up and you get excited cuz you know they're getting closer to like crawling and then at some point they crawl and then at some point they walk and all that good stuff that's what savannah did at one point she learned to roll over and then at one point she learned to like lift herself up and then at about 8 months old she lifted herself up into the crawling position and then just reached up and grabbed the coffee table and stood up and started walking around the coffee table. She skipped, she skipped crawling altogether. At eight months old, she was like a weird, freakish little like, <laughs> creature crawling, like walking around the coffee table incessantly. And the reason I've been thinking about that a lot in relation to this passage is because it occurs to me that we never really leave behind the crawling. The crawling is in the walking, right? And we never really leave behind the walking, that the walking is in the running. In other words, when we learn to do more, it was the things we learned to do before that that help us to get to that place. It's not that we leave behind the ability to crawl, it's just that crawling serves a purpose to get us to the place where we can walk. Uh, And So I've been thinking about this idea that for us, as we practice our faith in a lot of different ways, prayer, uh, singing, being there for each other, uh, listening to somebody like me go on and on about scripture, like we do this because it's supposed to get us somewhere. Uh, So today I want to ask you about that process in your life. So yes, fair warning, if you are an introvert, believe it or not like me, This is the point where you're like, oh my gosh, he's going to make me talk to other human beings. Yes. I'm going to ask you to turn in your seats and maybe gather with three or four other people seated around you. And If you have your bulletin, you'll notice that there's a question printed on the bulletin. If you don't have your bulletin, we're going to put it right up here on the screen so you can see it. What I'd like you to do is get into groups of about three to five people and address this question. Are there any religious beliefs or practices that you once kept that may have even been good for you at a time, but then you had to learn to let them grow or let them go in order to grow in love? Okay, So let me say that again. Are there any religious beliefs or practices that you had at one time that maybe were very good for you at one time? And at some point, you had to let them go in order to grow in your ability to love. And so I asked that question fully aware that we are sitting in a religious space, that there's stained glass images on the wall behind you, that we just sang very religious songs. And in a way, I'm asking you to share how maybe you have learned to let go of certain religious things in order to grow. That's okay. That's part of this process. Uh, It doesn't mean that those things weren't important to you at a time, or even that they weren't good. It just means that as you grew, you learned to move on. So I hope that makes sense. Uh, This is a vulnerable question, but it doesn't have to be like, oh my gosh, if I answer this question, am I gonna out myself as a heretic? The answer is probably. (laughs) But in just a few minutes, I'm gonna invite three of you to come up here and share your heresy in front of everybody else. Uh, so please know that this is a totally safe space. You would be shocked to know what some of you believe.
2: <laughs> uh,
0: so don't worry; nobody's going to like judge you or condemn you or cancel their plans for dinner with you next week. Okay? So now's the time. I'm going to give you about oh, let's say about eight minutes, eight to ten minutes. I want you to give everybody a chance to share a little bit. So be reflecting a little bit on what it looks like for you to be growing beyond certain religious beliefs or practices in your faith, get together uh, with each other, and then I'll call you back out when we're done, and then I'm going to have a panel come up and share their answers. Before you break up, if you really do uh, prefer to do this alone, you can do that as well. Nobody will be upset with you if you decide not to join a group, so there are uh, notepads in the pew backs in front of you and some pens. If you'd rather grab one of those and sort of process on your own, that's 100% okay too. All right, sound good? All right, go. Okay, why don't we go ahead and wrap up the conversation. I'm gonna invite my panel to come up, and that is Eric, and Vincent, and where's Tindo? Oh, there you are. Come on up. (laughs) I didn't realize you were over here. (laughs) Have a seat, anywhere. Take a seat. You guys can hold on to that. I have I have my own. Oh. Yeah. You, guys you guys
2: your own. <laughs> and your own bag. <laughs> it's like, like Oh, well person? you can you where's can have one coffee? of these too. Somebody get us coffee. <laughs> <laughs> like to get into it.
0: All right. So, for those of you who don't know, uh, I'm going to ask you uh, each to introduce yourselves and then tell us like what in the world you're doing here, like how did that happen? And um, and then ask you to Share with us your response to each of these questions. So let's do introductions first. Let's start at, well, you have the mic. Let's start with you. Okay. All right.
3: uh, hey, everybody. Uh, I'm Vincent, and um, I didn't just come to this church to play music, although <laughs> <laughs> it's worked out that way. Um, I, uh, I, I've originally from Indiana and moved out here about uh, three years ago with my, uh, at the time, girlfriend, now fiance, Joni, who's in Woo-hoo, the back. Congrats. Um, <laughs> shout out. We're getting married uh, here in like two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, um, this is actually a shout out to her. No, um, but uh, anyways, I started coming to church here about six months ago. And um, just I grew up in a Disciples of Christ Church, uh, so I saw it, I, it was in my thoughts the whole time since I'd moved here. And um, yeah, it's been
2: a really good experience so far. So, yeah. Welcome. Uh, good morning, everyone. I'm Tindo, T-I-N-D-O. That's just a nickname that I um, was given an early childhood that I, that I use right now. Um, I came here to this church. I'm really a newbie here um, and feeling very much at home, like I've been here forever. This feels <laughs> like a forever home already. And we'll talk more about that. But um, uh, I came to a pre-Pride season interfaith, uh, basically prayer, prayer, prayer meeting. What would you call it? Like a town? Well, it was not a town. It was like a prayer meeting Yeah. because it wasn't it wasn't was a full service. But this was before the Pride season started uh, back in June. And I just was lucky to, to, that uh, Pastor Jason was there representing OSC. And along with other, you know, really gifted and charismatic um, members of the extended community that come from a, a tolerant, accepting, and loving uh, belief, you know, faith community belief of inclusion and that all are welcome at the table of the Lord. And um, I thought, wow, that just felt that felt good. And so that's why I'm here. And it's just it's been it's been wonderful being here so far. And I'm glad to be here today. We're glad to have you, Tindo. Thanks. Thank
1: you. Hey guys my name is eric um my wife and i chelsea my wife and i have been coming here for about a year now though it feels like we've been here for a decade um in in a good way in a good way thank you feels like forever i mean you know jason starts a sermon and it's just like um, no um but yeah we've been here for about a year Uh, the thing that led us here was i was going through some significant faith deconstruction um, I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with that term, just kind of reevaluating what I believe and don't believe. And we met Alex, and Alex invited us to church and to his birthday that first time we met. Um, and, and then we've been coming ever since. And that's, that's about it.
0: Uh, yeah, a funny little trivia tidbit about Eric. He and one of my younger brothers went to high school and college together, right? Yep. Like, so uh, we found that out when we connected. And uh, It was not creepy at all when I met him the first time, and he was like, hey, so I've been you know, watching you for a long time because of, <laughs> because of your brother, and I was like, what? <laughs> anyway, uh, well, why don't we go ahead and start Eric with you with a response to the question since you have the mic. Um, are there any religious beliefs or practices you kept that may have been good for you at one time, but you had to let them go in
1: order to grow? So I'm going to be one of the heretics here today. <laughs> um, but the belief that, that I kept that um, really got in the way of me loving other people was the, the doctrine of eternal to- conscious torment. The idea that when you die, if you don't believe in Jesus, you go to hell for eternity and you are consciously tormented and God is totally cool with that. Um, what it did to me in my life is it kind of was a black hole in my faith where um, everything revolved around that. Uh, it was hard to see people as people it was more like it was like you are an object of condemnation or an object of salvation and so like you know is, is this person saved or if they're not saved then the only thing that can be important about my relationship with them is getting them to be a christian because they're going cuz god's going to gonna torment them or he's going to god's going to send them to a place to be tormented for the rest of eternity um, and when I started to let go of that, I started to be able to see people as they are a lot more, and listen to people when they tell me who they are, and, and allow that to be an okay thing. Uh, and to trust that God's love is the thing that wins at the end. Um, I don't know what I believe in terms of hell beyond eternal conscious torment, um, because I, I I do like the, I, not like the idea, but... Um, but there's something uncomfortable about saying, "Oh yeah, even someone like Hitler is going to heaven." No problem. <laughs> so, like, where does accountability come into play in terms of the of of, uh, of after the li- afterlife? I don't know about that. But what I do know is, I think God's love is the thing that wins out in the end, not God's judgment. Mm. And so that's that's where I stand. I could I,
0: yeah, thank you. Could could
1: I just pause on that for a second? I think it's really insightful
0: for you to point out that. Laboring under that doctrine caused you to see people as less than human, caused you to see people like in an instrumental way, like they were objects, you know, rather than people. Um, so I really appreciate you sharing that because I think a lot of times the various constructs that we exist in, they exist for that reason—to to make people more controllable, right, more able to be categorized in a way that is comfortable for us. Uh, And I I appreciate how you pointed that out. So thank you. All
2: right, Tindo. Uh, Yeah, thank you, and thank you, Eric. That was great. Um, I come from uh, the Roman Catholic tradition, um, and I still consider myself Catholic. I'm like, you know, I sort of feel like I'm not going to give up my heritage. You know, like that's that's what that's what my people were, and so. But I, um, I just came to a place uh, and. I was sharing earlier that, that uh, I'm at this church because I came to a pre-pride um, event, and my connection to the pride community or the rainbow community is that I'm an intersex person, if you haven't heard about that, that's people who are born with um, with bodily, anatomical, hormonal, or gonadal differences that are, that are different from what is expected of what we consider notions of what it is to be a man or a woman. Mm. And so I won't go into that, I'll give that another time, but that's why I was at that event, and I do advocacy and, and uh, social justice uh, work around issues pertaining to the entire community. Um, but um, for me, you know, in, my, in, my, in my journey of faith, I had to see that um, I had a real growing issue with um, what I thought was the formality of the church and the lack of intimacy. Mm. That there was more uh, focus on ritual and doctrine and dogma, and ceremony, which is important. I think we all we all have to have ceremony in our lives in in ways that are important to us that make that make things um, you know special and that make things important. I mean, Pastor Jason and and Pastor Janelle are going to become grandparents. They're kind of <laughs> going through this big milestone, and there will be ceremony yeah. around that. There will be a, I'm a baptism and a party and. A, and we do these things around, you know, around new life and marriages, and and that's important. But to me, in in the in the in the workings of faith life within within my my, my faith tradition with Catholicism, was like, you know, it, it was there the, the it just was like quite frankly bizarre at times that like, you know, you want you, it, you, I think we come to faith community. To fulfill a longing that we can't get fulfilled anywhere else. I mean, it's like we all know how to scratch an itch, you know. That needs in in our real lives is like okay, I, but we come here, we come to this for something that we can't get anywhere else. And so, if you're not getting it, or you're not feeling it, or something about it feels like, why the focus on this? You know, what 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 is the what? How is this helping us to grow closer to God? You know. And like one, th- and this came up even in a pre in a in a subsequent faith community that I went to based on identity as a, as a person who identifies as queer and intersex, I was like, I'm gonna go to a church where women can be priests, and you know we can you know we can do it our way, and yet it was still under the template of this formality. There was like there was still this structure and focus on ritual and form, and. I was like, OK, you know, we're still honoring that tradition. But tradition can be like shackles. It can be it can be like a ball and chain around your ankle. And no offense to anyone with an experience of enslavement, uh, you know, didn't mean to didn't mean to co opt that, that that imagery. And but um, so for me, you know, it was like, you know, I just I, I think I think coming, you know, arriving here, was about seeking an intimacy that I wasn't getting in a pl- in a place that was focused on ritual mm-hmm. and um, and that those have th- those have their place but that if it supplants or is 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 more of a distraction from a genuine sense of what's real and what's r- something authentic going on then it's like you you know it you mm-hmm. know you know when you know when you know yeah. And um so that's what I'm here and, and 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 those are things that um that I've turned away from and I don't think God minds one bit. <laughs> I am <I'm> hoping <laughs> I may I may be in for a rude awakening someday at the pearly gates. But for now well, see see Eric about that. Eric, so. Yeah, you and I <laughs> like I got your back, bro. Like you
0: know, <laughs> Um I Again, I appreciate you sharing this idea. I think that's really helpful that a structure or a ritual uh, or a set of practices that can be very helpful and help you to give meaning to life and structure to life can itself become an obstacle. And so it's really interesting because I haven't heard this part of your story. Like it's interesting to me that very often people who leave the Catholic Church because of the reasons that you've left it, will find a home, say, in the Episcopal Church, because it's just Catholic light, right? Where, like, you know, uh, LGBTQ people are, generally speaking, accepted. Um, But those same rituals can be an obstacle to the closeness and the intimacy that they're meant to foster, which is ironic, but also very human. It's very human for our well-intentioned systems to get in the way of what they were meant to foster. Uh, That shouldn't surprise us. Um, it's only when we create religious systems and say they must always live forever that we run into that problem, right? Okay. Thank you, Tindo. All right. Tough act to follow. That's I know. I, well, I was just nice. thinking,
3: like, what do we call ourselves? Yeah. You know, I'm thinking, like, we need to have a CD, like, The, Heret- the Heretic's Greatest Hits or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> we sell them in the back, you know, and just get more people on, Heretics you know. Unplugged yeah how many people 20 tracks or something like that we could get a few more um no i the, both of these great answers because it really just it's building off of this idea mine is just that um the practices get in the way of what's real and what's sort of raw and, and human about the experience because um <laughs> i was reading this question which by the way Jason, we can tell you're in grad school already because oh, geez, <laughs> this is this is the this is a grad school question. This is like this is like let me unpack this, you know, real quick. Um, but no, no, it's good. It's really good though. Um, I focused uh, my first thought because uh, kind of I just came back to church at 15 years. I basically had fully rejected my Christianity. I still kind of struggle with the word even calling myself mm-hmm. a Christian. Um, so my first thoughts were, what that? What did I? what did i let go well i let go of belief (laughs) i let go of going to church uh i let go of prayer um i let go of a lot of things but i decided prayer was the one that stuck out and i know that's really weird that's really heretical honestly to say but um when i was a kid growing up in church i when i would pray um i saw it as i was i was on my knees sitting at the feet of this really tall, like that guy right there, a really tall, <laughs> white, Jesus-looking guy. And I was just, and, and I was either asking for forgiveness, and this is me by myself, usually. I mean, we in, in a group as well. I felt like we were, I, or I was sitting on the floor sort of saying, hey, I'm sorry, or hey, I can't figure this out because I don't have enough power to do it, or I don't have enough. I, it was sort of like, I'm not enough. I need you to help me, right? And um I think I struggled with that because coming into in order to love others better you have to love yourself right and to love yourself means to have confidence that you are um that you you have the ability to sort of um to self-actualize right that you have the ability you don't To pray is more to, to try to tap into that spiritual connection, the raw, what's real, and not sort of think of yourself as sort of lesser than and preaching up and or asking sort of for repentance or atonement from this larger being who's supposed to say to you or give you some kind of clarity in the moment. And I guess I say this just as my personal experience because I know that's not how everybody else is. Used prayer has grown up with it. but um, So still to this day, for the past, I mean, I've prayed in community with everybody, but I have not sat down by myself and prayed yet. And I think I will when I'm ready to do it again. Um, I think it's a situation where I'm going to come back to it on my own. But um, in time, I want to have a healthy relationship with it and with what I do when I'm praying. So yeah.
0: Now I know why you asked me if you wanted me to share your answer before Sunday. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> <See>? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
0: no. I'm teasing you. Um, so, I, yeah, I so appreciate you sharing that you gave up all of it. Right? Um, uh, and it strikes me that that's a lot like fasting. Like you had to cleanse yourself of maybe things that were unhelpful and probably never thought you would come back. And here you are probably still wondering why you've come back. So. Why'd you come back, Vincent? Uh, I
3: I
1: uh,
3: love. I mean, I, I wanted to learn and I I I felt drawn almost at a deeper level to um to love and I felt like the experiences I, I did have in church growing up um, I had a lot of really positive things too i i I was i grew up in a community the church was like my second home um i still to this day because my parents had sold my childhood home that i grew up in when i go back to my hometown i still will go there sometimes um not to a service but just to because i know there's something more powerful about people getting together Mm. uh, like this and um and, and, and having a spiritual moment together and opening up um, amongst each other. Uh, and um, I just felt a pull. I think it's just the human desire for uh, spiritual oneness and community. Yeah. So,
0: As well said. All right. Thank you very much. Give them a hand. Yeah. Thanks, you guys. I'm gonna hang on to that if that's okay. So uh, now is an opportunity for maybe a few of you to share something that you heard in your groups that was helpful to you. So I really I really didn't know what any of these guys were gonna say, but I also know them all well enough that I suspected that they might share some of the things they shared today. And that was important to me because I also suspect that uh, some of you really resonate with something that you heard somebody share up here. So. I'm wondering if maybe one or two of you might be willing to share either something you heard in your small group when you all got together that was helpful to you, or maybe something that you heard up here that you really resonate with. So, And I am going to give you the mic, so fair warning on that. Anybody want to share? Yeah, here you go. And would you do me a favor and just share your name so everybody knows who you are? Oh,
4: my name is Mary Jane.
2: It just came to me that I certainly used to think, uh, I, I grew up, was taught that people of all faiths can come into heaven. Mm. Um, but I also thought that uh, I was fortunate to know a lot more than most people's other mm. faiths. And I've come to realize that that is not true, mm. that that that. Uh, Right, that's where I'll leave it, thank you.
0: Thank you very much for sharing. All right, good, give her a hand. Anybody else? Yeah, Wyatt. Like I've already shared your name, but go ahead.
4: Okay, um, (laughs) where to start? My name's Wyatt. Um, I use he, they pronouns, if that matters. Well, it does matter. Yeah. <laughs> I use he, they pronouns. Um, <laughs> um, I know I've had to let go of many things. Um, something that I talked about um, in the small group is about how I had to let go of my ideas of uh, queerness and queer identity. Um, as i let go of my homophobia that i was raised on hmm. steady diet of um, and transphobia as well and um, something that um, i was especially impacted by in the small group um, just noticing these safe places noticing um Seeing families that—sorry—I um, <laughs> just—I'm at a point where I just cry a lot nowadays. Um, mm-hmm. But <laughs> <laughs> it's a really beautiful thing, and I feel a lot of healthy grief, um, and I feel a lot of hope. Thanks, guys. Goodbye. Thank
5: you, Wyatt.
0: Okay. It's been a lot of preaching going on here. It's been good. I I really love that. Last chance. Does anybody have anything you really feel burdened to share? Okay. Thank you so much to all of you for sharing with each other. Uh, thank you so much to Tindo and uh, to Eric and to Vincent for being willing to be vulnerable up here. Uh, what I'd love to do is finish by singing together a little bit more before we wrap up. But as the band comes up, would you just say a prayer with me? God, we come before you this morning not fully confident in what all of this means, confessing that we we share a, high value for the way that you are shaping us and transforming us and changing us in spaces like this, but also fully aware that we really don't know who or what you are or how to even think about that most of the time. And so as we do uh, share vulnerably with each other about our questions and doubts and changes, we ask that you would really gird us up with a sense of love, that you'd help us to create a courageous space here where people know that they are coming into contact with a reality that's greater than each of us, and yet somehow re- resides within each of us. I pray that you'd make that real for us, and especially in these moments when we sing and pray together. In Jesus' name.
5: Thank you so much for coming, and and, um, thank you for the beautiful words that were shared and the beautiful songs. It was beautiful. Um, First, we have a book club that meets the first Thursday of every month at 630. It's on a Zoom. This Thursday, September 1st, we will be discussing Embracing the Spirit, Womanist Perspectives on Hope, Salvation, and Transformation by Emily Towns. In this book, Towns brings together essays written by leading womanist theologians on matters of race, gender, and class as they bear on the well-being of the black community. And as you all know, next week we start our new time. It's 10 o'clock in the morning. So again, September 4th, I can't believe it's already September, but we start at 10 o'clock, so be sure to um, set your calendars for the right time. Um, Next, we have a Branches class leader training coming up, and this class will be a training for three Thursdays, September 8th, 15th, and 22nd from 6.30 to 7.45. Our Branches class teaches healthy leadership practices through three interactive Zoom sessions, and this class will equip you to lead in an inclusive, relational, relational and organizational way in accordance with our church core values and practices. For all of these events, you can go on our website um, at uh, oceansidesanctuary.org slash calendar or you can use the QR code that's all around the building. And lastly, how to support us if you like what we're doing here at Oceanside Sanctuary. Uh, Oceanside Sanctuary is a 501c3 nonprofit, um, and we rely on the gifts and donations from people like you. Um, You can scan the QR code, you can go online and give through uh, oceansidesanctuary.org slash give, Um, and there's also some, some boxes here at the church Um, In closing, before I let us all go, um, I would like to offer a prayer um, as we're thinking about um, the challenges that we all have, And, and I want to pray over us as we start our new week when we leave this place. And so, Lord, as we've learned today and we've always known, we're each unique, and I pray that you would help us to embrace and love who we are and help us love who we are and in that way we'd be able to turn around and love and encourage and give hope to people we run into this week. So I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This concludes our service. May the peace of God be with you. Thank you. See you next week.